In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Well, happy Palm Sunday, everybody. There is somebody in today's feast, somebody in today's event, that is so underrated. There is somebody in today's event that is so underrated, gets no credit whatsoever, doesn't have a name, and we kind of forget about him. I mean, of course our focus should be on Jesus, but there's somebody that, like, nobody really even pays attention to. And actually, if you look, listen to the four Gospels, there's so many different records and even describing who this person, I shouldn't even say person, is. This person is eating up a good portion of the icon. He's our donkey. This is your Hebrew word for donkey. It's pronounced hamor. And if you switch the O and the A, you get the Arabic version. What's interesting is we call it Palm Sunday. We call it Palm Sunday. But actually, the palm is only mentioned in one gospel. But something that's mentioned in all four gospels is about the event of how the donkey was brought to Jesus, of how it was brought. What I like to focus on is St. Luke's record of how he records of the disciples getting the, the donkey. Think about this for a second. Like, it's kind of a big deal. And Jesus tells two disciples to go get the donkey. The funny thing is, out of all four Gospels, they are unnamed. They are unnamed. We don't know which one of those 12 guys were asked to go get the donkey. But St. Luke takes some time to, to, to paint a picture of, of the event of the disciples going to get the donkey. And they get the donkey, and they say how they have to untie the donkey. That the donkey, the donkey is tied, and it's, 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 it's tight, and they have to unloose the donkey in order for the donkey to be unloosed and for the donkey to come to Jesus. And he actually says the word tied or untied or some variation of it five times. Okay, like you only say it once. But he emphasizes it five times in the gospel that the donkey had to be unloosed or untied in order for the donkey to come to Jesus. And actually, Jesus didn't say, hey, two guys, maybe Jesus forgot his name, I don't know. He said, hey, do you mind going to get the donkey for me and, and, and bringing him back to me? But Jesus says, I am in need of a donkey. So the two unnamed disciples go get the donkey, and they tell the, the, the guy who owns the donkey, Jesus is in need of the donkey. And actually, some historians actually say who was the owner of the donkey is St. Mark. It is St. Mark. So the, un the two disciples go get the donkey. And they say Jesus is in need of the donkey. I'm not, an, I'm not like a, a vet. I'm, I don't know anything about animals, really. But I know that like a horse or a donkey or anything that you ride on, that you have to break into it. Like, that's the term that they use, that you have to break into it in order to understand how to control the animal. The fascinating thing about Jesus is he knew how to control it without having to break into it. There's something also interesting about a donkey. Donkeys know how to get through mountainous terrain, like through rocky mountains and stuff. I don't know if you've seen crazy videos of, like, of donkeys or some variation of a donkey mule able to go up mountains, and they're able to go through tough terrain if someone is able to control 
the donkey. Please don't take this the wrong way. Just in case I don't offend anybody, I'm the donkey. I'm the donkey. We're tied. We're tied. An addiction, anger, this relationship that I know is not going anywhere, my past. We're tied. We're tied. And Jesus tells his disciples, I am in need of this donkey. And these submissive disciples went and brought the donkey. Donkey who was tied in order for him to be unloosed. This is a regular Sunday for the donkey. Like every day is the same. I mean, he's, he's, he does the same thing. But all of a sudden, he's a nobody. So all of a sudden, he's carrying, everyone is expecting like an emperor, a king to come and save the Jewish people. So they're all like giving him all this credit and shouting to him, Hosanna in the highest. This is the king. This is the king we've been waiting for. So just imagine now. I mean, I'm just, just put on your, your, your childish brain for a second. Imagine. This is a donkey. It's a regular Sunday for the donkey. I mean, Monday looks like Sunday. Saturday looks like Wednesday. Every day is the same for the donkey. So he has a normal day. All of a sudden, he sees two guys grab the donkey, unloose him. And all of a sudden, he has Jesus on him, and everyone around him is going nuts. And he's just like, whoa, like, what, like what's going on here? Like, who is this guy that's, that, that's controlling me? A normal day ended up completely changing his life. I mean, I don't know the day of an average donkey, but I'm sure any day after that was not the same for him. I'm sure he, I carried Jesus. I'm sure he told all his other donkey friends that I, was, I carried Jesus. And his life was not the same. You and I, my friends, are called by design to make it through the mountainous terrain of life. Through the rockies of, of stress and anxiety and burden and loneliness and sin that weighs us down. We are designed to overcome it through the mountainous terrain if we ask someone to guide us. If we ask someone to direct us, if we ask someone to tell us when to turn left, when to turn right. It's not a coincidence that the authors and the re who recorded these gospels, it was not a coincidence that they took time to emphasize the donkey was, was tied and it was unloosed. It's there for us to realize what part of my life is tied down. Some of us think that a life with Jesus is a drag, is weight, it's party pooper. I can't have fun. I can't eat this. I can't do that. But in reality, Jesus is fun. Jesus is wanting to liberate us. Jesus is wanting to set us free. But it requires us to acknowledge that I need to be loosed, that I need to be loosed. Right after we finish communion, we shift everything around. We shift everything around as now we have entered Jerusalem with Jesus and now we walk with him over the next five, six days leading to us celebrating him killing death and punching death in the face and for us celebrating resurrection. And one of my favorite hymns over the next six days, one of my favorite hymns of the, over the six days is that we say the concluding hymn. You guys know the concluding hymn. Amen, alleluia, glory to the Father and to the Son and to the which is one of my favorite hymns in English. It's really cool. 
But the part, like I, growing up at least, the part that's usually said in Coptic, no one really says, right? Because we don't even know, like it always changes, so we kind of just be quiet. And then we just wait until we jump in right with the deacons, and then we jump right into, because we just be we're quiet during that part, because we don't know when that verse is. Well, the best part of saying it in English is it's something that's going to be drilled in all our hearts. Is that verse that we'll be saying for the next six days. We proclaim and say, O oh, our Lord Jesus Christ, who was, um, who was crucified for us, trampled down Satan under our feet. We say, Jesus, who was crucified for us, Jesus trampled down Satan under our feet. Like, this is what we say in the hymn. We say, we proclaim and say, O oh, our Lord Jesus Christ, who was crucified on the cross, trampled Satan under our feet. I like, think how powerful that is, that we say every day, numerous times a day, Lord Jesus Christ, we proclaim and say, as a church family, who was crucified on the cross, now trampled Satan under our feet. The one who overcame death himself, we want that power, we want that same desire to trample down Satan under our feet. That can only happen one way. There is something in all our lives that we want to be trampled, that we want to crush. This issue, this sin, this weight that's on your back. I don't have to, you know what's in your heart, I know what's in my heart. There's something that has to be crushed. The only way it can be crushed is for me to be loosed. The only way for that to be crushed in my life, I have to be unloosed. I have to be set free. I have to acknowledge that I'm tied down to something. I'm weighed down to something. I'm weighed down by something. Or maybe someone. And I need to be unloosed from that weight, from that burden, in order for Jesus to carry me into Jerusalem. But it requires me to be unloosed and to acknowledge Forget, I have to acknowledge that there's something weighing me down. And I'm preaching to the choir. You're here because you want something more out of life. You're here because you're seeking more. So by default, there's something that's weighing all of us down. But I have to acknowledge what that is. And say, I'm wanting to be unloosed. I'm wanting to be set free. And I can't, it can't be my will. It has to be thy will. It's not me imposing my will to you, God. It's me surrendering my will to you. That I need you to, to, to put me in the direction that I need to go. Do I need to go left? I'll go left. You need me to go right? I'll go right. But it has to acknowledge me for me to say, first of all, I need you to guide me. This is why. Something you'll say 10,000 times over the next six days. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. Is our focus and intention is on him. That donkey wasn't thinking about, no, no, Jesus, you're, you're kind of new here to Jerusalem. Let me show you the way. Like, this is the road we need to take. No. He said, surrender. And he said, okay, it's not my will. I'm a simple, I'm a, I'm a simple person. I'm a simple donkey. And I'm going to follow your lead, God. I'm going to follow your lead. Many of us try to solve our problems our own. Even worse, we don't even want to acknowledge that we're tied down to something. By design, we're able to go overcome the struggles that we have in this world. By divine design, we're created to overcome it. But it, us, it, it takes us to acknowledge who is going to guide us, who's going to direct us, who's going to ride us and point us in the direction that we are called to go. Conquering the devil begins with being untied. Trampling down Satan requires us to be untied. Requires us to be untied. 
For the past hour, the church has been emphasizing and, and showing to us how we need Jesus to enter into our lives. The only way for that to occur, it has to, I have to acknowledge, something has to be unloosed from me. If anything, if nothing comes out of today, let this be your focus as we walk toward communion at the end. What part of my life needs to be unloosed? What's tying me down? And if that, you have a hard time focus on that, maybe focus on the two unnamed disciples. They were submissive to God. They were submissive to Jesus. And they helped someone else become unloose. How am I as a husband helping my wife for her to be unloosed and, and lighten her load? As a father, as a husband, as a friend, what am I doing to unloosing someone else's burden as those two, two disciples are? Put your shoes in the donkey's shoes and put your shoes into the two disciples' shoes. What part of my life needs to be unloosed? And what part of my life do I need to help someone else become unloosed from their burden? Let this be our focus for the next half an hour. And if I promise you, if you're able to put this in prayer over the next half an hour, this Holy Week is completely different. If you're able to acknowledge what is tying me down, I promise you, the next six days can change your, your, your relationships, your life, the, your view of, of, of your burden, I promise you. To him be all the glory forever and ever. Amen. Today the 